This is an ABC podcast. ABC Radio Australia. This is Fresh Off the Field. The sporting spirit of the Pacific. Māori, Māori, and welcome to Fresh Off the Field, the sporting pulse of the Pacific. My name is Bobby McCumber. I'm a proudy Kiribati and Australian woman who has played cricket for Samoa and Australian rules football for Victoria. Now, each week, I'll be joined by two co-hosts from across the Pacific. We're going to be sharing sports stories and exclusive interviews on the ground in the islands. Now, today, from Tavuli News in the Solomon Islands, I have Elizabeth Osifello. Hello, Elizabeth. Hello, 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 Oketa, and uh, yes, it's uh, good to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Of course, and from Port Moresby, reporter for the National Newspaper, I have Patricia Kimo. Welcome, Patricia. Hi, Bobby Tings. Hi, everyone. I'm really excited to be on the show. Now, Elizabeth, you were in Australia recently. What were you up to? Yes, I was in uh, Australia recently in Brisbane and uh, I got uh, the opportunity to be at the FIFA Women's World Cup. Uh, This was for a commentary uh, training uh, that we had for about two weeks. So, yeah, I was very lucky to be at the World Cup. (sighs) What an exciting time that was in Australia. So glad you got to experience that. Uh, now, Patricia, we'll chat a bit more about this later in the show, but I have to ask, P&G will be hosting some of the Pacific Games Championships later this year. Are the locals excited? Yeah, definitely. Everyone's excited. Um, knowing P&G's mad love for the league, yeah, you could imagine the hype on the ground. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Uh, Now, we have got a lot coming up on the show. Both Elizabeth and Patricia will be covering sports in the Solomons and Papua New Guinea. I'll chat with Ni Vanuatu para-athlete who also enjoys a little bit of the spotlight on stage as well. Uh, We'll talk about all the exciting things happening in sport across the entire Pacific region, including some great community programs as well that are running in Samoa. And we'll also play a fun game so that you at home can get to know our co-hosts just a little bit more. Now, we're probably all aware that there's a lot of, there's a significant amount of Pacific Islanders who are living and working in Australia through different government programs. Now, I was a committee member on the Victorian Kiribati Association and we made sure that, and like so many different communities do across Australia, we reached out to the Kiribati workers that were working in remote areas just to make sure that they knew they had community here in Australia. Uh, I recall going out to one of the farms and and meeting all of the Kiribati people uh, that were rehearsing for the Kiribati independence. So they were singing, they were dancing, and we made sure that they had transport and accommodation in Melbourne to come and celebrate the Kiribati independence and just know that there are people from Kiribati all around the world and we were here and we were family. So uh, it's always great to see Pacific Islanders working in Australia and then connecting with their Pacific Island communities as well. Now, my next guest is not only a national icon in Vanuatu, she's also currently based in country Victoria working on one of these government programs. Uh, She's also training in Victoria for the next tournament as well. I spoke with para-athlete Ellie Enoch about her sporting journey so far. Um, It it really, yeah, first, uh, after I lost my leg, I thought that uh, uh, I couldn't make anything, like I wouldn't be doing anything more because of my disability. But uh, I'm so grateful and uh, thank God that 
um, yeah, with everything, with God, everything is possible. So uh, if uh, you add about one small back theater, they are the one who have approached me and they involved me in um, a theater that we go around and uh, advocate for the rights of people with dis- disability. Like after my accident, I didn't accept my disability. Like mm-hmm. I didn't accept to be a person with disability. But then after the one small bag, they approached me and they um, taught me even because I, I was with all the disabilities and just by looking at them, um, I saw, I can see that they they looked at their ability, not their disability, but so that's the thing that really changes me and uh, I've come to accept my uh, disability and uh, I advocate for the rights of people with uh, disability run Vanuatu by uh, doing theatre and uh, singing, yeah. Oh. Uh, now, you've represented Vanuatu uh, at many different sporting uh, tournaments, but including the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. Have you always played sport? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> um, like back in, like when I was in school, uh, school I usually um, just like for fun, but not like now. Uh, like I really into sport. Like now I'm really into sport uh, after being a um, person with disability. Um, maybe it's God's plan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just um, happy that. Um, um, I can take part uh, in sport, being a um, person with uh, disability, just to uh, help the people or so the people or kids with disability that uh, being a person with disability, they can also uh, uh, take part in sport. It's because uh, like uh, being with the One Small Back Theater, they taught me that uh, being a person with disability, you can... Um, um, advocate for the rights of people with disability. Like back in Vanuatu, there's too much discrimination. So I thought of something that, oh, maybe I can take part in sports. Then just to show the kids and everyone living with a disability that being a person with disability, you can take part in sport. Yeah. How important is it for communities to include people of all abilities in sport? It's really important because uh, I think sport really educates um, people uh, mm. because uh, many of uh, people living with disability, they didn't really have a good education. It's because of um, um, lack of um, education, I think. But now it's good that now like we advocate for um, uh, rights of people with disability. And now in Vanuatu, we have many disabilities that they not, they went to schools. Um, like now they um, involve uh, people with disability to have a good education, which is really good. And uh, I think it's really good that if a person with disability that didn't have a good education, it's good that he or she involves himself uh, in sport because uh, sport really educates people too as well. Yeah, and definitely just to feel a part of that community as well. Yes. Now, Ellie, you're not only an incredible athlete, you're also an actor. You touched on it before, but you're performing in local theatre in Vanuatu. How did you get into this? Well, I just like after my accident, when uh, the one small back, they approached me and they um, 
I went down uh, because uh, I didn't like, I didn't really want to be a person with disability. <laughs> but like just seeing them and uh, some of them were telling the, their stories and even like I'm just putting myself in with them and it really touches me and it really moves me and like motivate me as well. Like they really inspired me um, because uh, I thought that like after being uh, ac- uh, after being a disabled, I thought I I wouldn't be doing like I wouldn't be doing anything good in my life because mm-hmm. I've lost one uh, one leg. But then, like after joining them and realizing that, um, you just look at your ability, like what you can do, and uh, like uh, that really helps me and motivates me to. I just want to stand and I just want to be like showing other people and even like uh, some of the able person like me being a hateful person first and like sometimes I look down at people with disability but then after like uh, joining the disabilities I come to realize that wow sometimes we look down at the people with disability and it really hurts Mm -hmm. like being a person with disability and people discriminate you and like being in their shoes uh, I feel like it's really hurt so that's what I want to change like I want to show, I, I just want to show the able people that uh, we have to be, um, we have to look on the good side, eh? look at the ability uh, of people with disability, what they can do. So that's when I want to do something that I involve myself in sport and even I'm so happy that many, many people, they um, come to support me and help me to um involve myself in sport and to show other disabilities back in the islands and run the um, Pacific that even though we have our disabilities, but we always be positive and we always look at our bright side, no matter what uh, differences or disability we have. Oh, Ali, you are doing amazing work, not only in Vanuatu, but throughout the Pacific. Uh, do you have any events coming up? Um, yes, uh, right now we'll be having our South Pacific Games in the Solomon Islands in November. So um, I'm looking forward and I'm doing trainings and I'm so happy that uh, I'm working here at the uh, Thomas Foods International in uh, Victoria Stowell. Um, I'm so happy that the company, they really helped me and um yeah, they really supported me in my trainings. And even because uh, coming here, I didn't get my frame, but uh, they helped me. Uh, the boss here, now they built uh, the, maintenance bo- the maintenance boys here. They built a frame, and I'm so happy. And even the company, they um, uh, finance for my gym training, like they helped me with my gym inside on uh, financial support with my gym training and uh, yeah I'm so grateful for everything they've done Well it's wonderful to hear that they're supporting you there in stall in Victoria in Australia and hopefully I will be able to have a chat to you again in the Solomon Islands for the Pacific Games. Thanks so much for your time Ali. Thank you That was Ali Anok from Vanuatu really opening up about what it's like to be a person with a disability and how communities can be more inclusive. Fresh off the field. The Sporting Pulse of the Pacific.
ABC Radio Australia. Now, each week, my co-hosts will do some serious reporting and exclusive interviews. But before we get to that, we like to have a bit of fun. Coconut Wireless. The Coconut Wireless is where we discuss sports gossip in your country. Now, it's not fact. It can't be backed up. But these are rumours happening around sport in your country. Elizabeth, what have you heard on the Coconut Wireless in the Solomons? Um, in the Coconut Wireless, like, you know, in the Solomon Islands, uh, we really, really love our um, beach soccer. We do have um, a lot of passion and a lot of support for our uh, futsal team. But uh, what everyone is talking about uh, is the performances they've had so far. And, um, well, some of it is true uh, that the team's recent performance at the uh, Beach Soccer um, Nations Cup recently in Tahiti, everybody kind of like was gossiping that this uh, crop of new players wouldn't make it uh, through to uh, the finals. Um, well, they came out as runner-ups and the same rumour is also going for our very favourite uh Futsal team, Kurukuru, that they will not be able to um, win this time around with the qualifiers and they're saying New Zealand will thrash them in um, the Futsal Nations Cup, uh, which is coming up in October. Oh, so a little bit of uh, trash talking there, but uh, the yeah. Solomon team's not taking it? <laughs> No. <laughs> well, listen, for both teams now, there's, um, you know, how it is. There's a new crop of players, but everyone is, you know, making comparisons to the, the players that we've had in the past. But um, now it's either the standards for us have dropped or other countries have really stepped up. Oh. So, what the outcomes are, but that's like all the gossip that's going on on social media. Um, a lot of people are, are commenting and, yeah, a bit of trash talk here and there. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, love to hear it. Well, thank you for sharing the coconut wireless happening in the Solomons at the moment. Patricia in Port Moresby, Papua New Guinea, what have you heard on the coconut wireless there? Well, for us in PNG, a little Betty has spread this little rumor that everyone's been talking about. It's quite funny. So the competition manager for um, our National Soccer League in PNG was seen last week at the, the International Terminal Check-in Counter trying to apply for an Australian visa. <laughs> Probably with the hopes of traveling with a national team to a regional tournament. I mean, who in their right mind tries to apply for a visa at the check-in counter right before you're <laughs> supposed to travel? <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that so one. <laughs> that's, been, uh, that's been a trending joke um, amongst uh, football fans um, all over social media, especially Facebook. So, um, yeah, everyone's talking about that. And uh, some people are even talking about um, petitioning um, the PNGFA to have him remove this competition manager because apparently he's too busy travelling around while the competition he's supposed to manage is in disarray. So you could imagine the memes that yeah people are coming up with. 
Oh, so the manager is copping a bit of flack from the players and the community. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of trash talking going around to them. Mostly, uh, you know how uh, supporters or support um, try to diss um, administrators and players and all that. So, yeah, he's getting a lot of um, memes thrown at him and all that. (laughs) Oh, sounds like he's in a bit of hot water at the moment. Uh, We've got plenty from the Solomons and also Papua New Guinea. So thank you very much, Elizabeth and Patricia. That was... Coconut Wireless. All right, it's time for the serious stuff. Uh, Elizabeth, what has been happening in the Solomons in sport? Um, In the Solomons in sports, like, we've got uh, so much going on because, of course, we've got the Pacific Games coming up in November. Mm. And um, there's a lot of uh, competitions that a lot of our athletes have been uh, competing in. Probably this is very last minute also. Um, the Pacific way always we get up to these last minute things, but we've just had the uh, the final selection of our Rugby Sevens team and a few of the other sports um, that will be competing at the Pacific Games. So at this point in time, um, in the Solomons, they're finalizing most of the teams um, to get the Team Solomons uh, all prepared uh, for the Games. Um, in regards to some of the competitions, a local competitions that our athletes have been competing is as one of them is the uh, golden glove boxing championship which was also held in queensland Uh, uh, our boxing uh, team that participated did very well everyone was really pleased with their performance Um, solomon islands managed to get a gold medal out of the competition and also five silver medals um, was the first time actually for Solomon Islands to be participating um, in this competition especially with boxing and a lot of these combat sports um, so um, in the competition this Golden Gloves Boxing Championship they were up against uh, countries like New Zealand, uh, Papua New Guinea Nauru, uh, they were competing in the 50 kilogram category 57, um, the heavyweight in the 90 kilogram um, and it was a really good exposure uh, that they needed for uh, an amateur, a young team um, that um, is now competing. So that was one of the highlights uh, for us um, in local sports. And also the focus now is um, also following through with the um, under-23 football team, which is going on. I think a game, the second match for Solomon Islands will be played against Tonga. I stand to be corrected, but everyone is looking forward and following through with football, of course. And uh, also, um, at this point in time, uh, a lot of training has has been going on, especially with um, the other combat sports. Weightlifting has also just gone out again for uh, a competition abroad, um, which is being led by our Iron Lady, we like to call her, Jen Lee (laughs) Winnie. (laughs) But she is also leading a team and a delegation. They left the country just very, very recently. And um, so, yeah, those are pretty much um, 
our medal prospects, which is um, leaning towards the individual sports and um, the combat uh, and weight sports, which is the 40 gold medals that is expected from Solomon Islands at the Pacific Games. We're really banking on the combat and weight sports um, teams that will be competing so that's a bit of the um, some of the local uh, updates, sports, local sports, which is happening around. Most of the federations are traveling overseas, um, participating in competitions in Australia, in Asia and other parts of the Pacific in the region, uh, which is a really good thing, actually, um, for Preparation-wise, as we've got uh, probably about less around about eighty days to go until uh, the games in November. Yeah, less than eighty days to go to the Pacific Games being held in the Solomons. No doubt, there's so much going on there. So, forty gold medals is the goal. Uh, what is the highest that you've had at any previous Pacific Games? If you don't mind me asking, Elizabeth. Um, forty. I'm. I'll probably. Um, I'm, I'm just thinking from the top of my head, it will mm. be the medals collected would be around in the 10, okay. below 20. Yes. Right. And so now going to smash that out of the park. 40 golds <laughs> is, the, is the aim. Uh, now, being home ground advantage for the Solomon Island athletes and teams, will that be an advantage? I think... It will be. Uh, in the Solomon Islands, we have recently have our uh, high performance center, which that has really helped a lot of our athletes over the past year. It is, it, it's it's like too soon, but um, in terms of um, training facilities and a bit of a, a different environment for training, Um it has really improved. I'm not too sure. This is my own personal thought about the 40 gold medal, but um, it is a start and, you know, we never know what might happen. But um, in terms of athletes' preparations, the environment um, uh, that they're training in, we're very fortunate to have the High Performance Center that all our athletes have been um, utilizing. There's a huge number of athletes per day going in and out. The, the, the high performance center here is crazy um, with training and I think there's about 600 um, athletes scheduled in and out of the building every day. Wow. So um, that has really helped um, the training for athletes so far, not only um, with training physically, but also um, there are other activities that um, that is also catered for at the high performance. That's nutrition, physio, and all sorts. So we're very lucky to have that um, in time for the games, and hopefully, the impacts will come probably not this Pacific Games, but probably the next and the next next to come. And speaking of Pacific Games, who did you have a chat to this week? Um, yes, in terms of the Pacific Games, like we've got 80, less than around about 80 in estimate uh, days to go. In terms of infrastructure, we've got the, the National Stadium being handed over. We've got the Water Park, which will be officially handed over as well. So all the facilities are very, very new. All the athletes, well, the 5,000 athletes will be able to enjoy the facilities while they are in Honiara for the Games. And just recently, with the handover 
of the National Stadium, uh, we managed to talk to the CEO of the Pacific Games Council, Vidya Lakhan, during the handing over ceremony, who was here in Honiara for that occasion. This oversight usually results in some of the facilities left underutilized, left decaying, or shut down completely. To you, Mr. Prime Minister, I just want to sound a word of warning. And also to the youths and the people of Solomon Islands. Mr. Prime Minister, please ensure that there is a long-term commitment from the government to ensure that these valuable facilities are well maintained and operated with adequate financial and human resources to deliver on their responsibilities for the benefit of the people of the Solomon Islands. To the sportsmen and sportswomen of Solomon Islands, and indeed the people of Solomon Islands, these facilities are your facilities. They have been built for your benefit. So please, enjoy them, but look after them as your own, so that you and your future generations can enjoy going forward from these wonderful facilities. To the NHA and GOC, there are no excuses. Use the facilities well to enable you to mount an excellent Games in 2023. Finally, to the Ambassador of PRC, I once again thank you for your generous contribution to the 2023 Pacific Games. For us, we have continued to meet the challenges that we have met and other speakers referred to them. We have met those challenges and then we have three months to go and there are some more challenges to meet. But as, you continue, as we continue to meet these challenges, let's celebrate the success or meeting of these challenges successfully. And hopefully in 2023, when we celebrate an excellent Games with 23 other member countries of the Pacific Games Council, we will invite, uh, unite the whole of the Pacific in that celebration. That is the message that I would like to leave for you from now until the opening of the official opening ceremony of the 2023 Pacific Games. Well, there we have it, Elizabeth. Do you think all of the new stadiums and everything that's being built for the Pacific Games will be utilised after they are completed? Um, that is also a challenge for the upkeep of all the facilities after the Games, um, as some countries that have hosted the Pacific Games also um, are also being faced with the same challenges as well. So that would be a challenge that has to be really, really taken serious um, by the government of the day. Um, but I am sure that... Um, we will come to that when the time comes. But in the meantime, um, the facilities are ready and we are so looking forward to hosting the Games in November and excited to having more than 5,000 athletes from around the Pacific here in Honiara for the Games. So we'll cross that bridge when it comes, I guess. <laughs>
Absolutely. Looking forward to the Pacific Games, as you said, coming in under 80 days. It's happening in the Solomon Islands. Uh, 40 gold is a game for the home team. Uh, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for covering all the sport in the Solomons. Now, Patricia, uh, based in Port Moresby in Papua New Guinea, what is happening in sport in your country? Well, Bobby, there's a few trending headlines for Sporting PNG recently, um, ranging from rugby league to cricket, uh, football, and uh, most importantly, Pacific Games. Um, <laughs> the biggest bombshell was dropped um, last week with uh, PNG Rugby Football League announcing the appointment of former Gold Coast Titans coach um, Justin Holbrook as the head coach for the PNG Commonwealth. Now, there were a couple of prospects for the role, including PNG's very own Marcus Bay, who was a former Melbourne Storm winger, um, as well as Adrian Lamb, who has come off a successful victory with the uh, Lee Leopards in the Super League. But apparently, Justin is the man for the job. Mm-hmm. Now, Holbrook will take charge of the PNG Commons uh, in Prime Minister's Tetin Clash that's um, scheduled for September as well as the Pacific Championship, uh, which PNG will host some of the matches. Um, uh, Justin's appointment uh, was seen as a boost for the national men's team, given his um, wealth of experience uh, being a coach um, at the NRL, as well as the English um, Super League. So, yeah, there's a lot of hype um, on that topic. Um, now, still in Rugby League, um, on to our semi-professional league, um, the PNG's National Rugby League competition um, is set to have its grand final this weekend um, on Sunday um, between Gorokalahanis and Engamiyoks. Now, the interesting thing about this, um, the other team, Miyoks, um, they've been undefeated the entire season, only recorded a draw and won the rest of their games and made it to the finals uh, their opponents, on the other hand, um, they were the underdogs for the the entire season and they somehow picked up momentum and made it this far, um, well, into the finals now. And the catch for that grand final is um, we're about, I think, three days away from the grand final and all tickets for the game have been sold out, meaning that the stadium would be at its max capacity. So um, you could conclude just by that, which bought in Kinji draws in the most crowd. <laughs> what is the capacity yeah. of that ground? Um, I wouldn't be too sure about the exact okay. figure, but um, yeah, it, it should house about probably more than 5,000 people. Mm, I stand to right. be corrected. But it's the biggest um, stadium we have in PNG that they host um, matches for the PNG Kumuls, um the SP PNG Hunters, yeah, as well as our um, semi-professional league here. So uh, it's safe to say it's going to draw in um, thousands of people in Proposby mm. to watch that game. As they always say, uh, Papua New Guineans love their rugby league. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes over the weekend. Now, away from rugby league, um, the second biggest sport in PNG, of course, um, football. Um, PNG's football association is facing sanctions from FIFA after they failed to send um, their under-23 men's team to New Zealand on time for the OFC Olympic qualifiers. Um, The team was supposed to face New Zealand in the tournament opener last Sunday. 
However, um, PNGFA failed to secure the team's visa on time, uh, which forced OFC to cancel the match. Um, so on Tuesday, um, FIFA's Judiciary Committee laid down the decision um, holding PNGFA responsible for the mishap. So the unplayed match was um, declared a forfeit training by PNG. And apparently, uh, the team left quietly yesterday for New Zealand. Uh, no one knew about uh, their departure. Somehow, they managed to secure their visa, and um, they're in New Zealand right now. Um, they're expected to play their only group fixture against Fiji on Saturday. Um, that match will determine um, who advances to the semi-final. Uh, so it's PNG's um, do-or-die match, you could say. Um, if they win, they advance to the semi-final playoff. And if they lose, it ends their very short campaign. Oh, so now, I imagine yeah. I imagine the players would have been devastated missing their flight because of the visas. Yeah, that's the sad thing because um, the team is made up of under twenty three players, and most of them are you know young kids uh, between mm. the ages of eighteen and twenty three. So I mean, they're really excited about the opportunity of playing in the Olympic qualifiers. So um, a setback like that, obviously, it's gonna have some impact on their mental um, preparation, and you know, sort of brings their morale down when they go into. Um, play only one match when they've actually been preparing to play New Zealand and Fiji so mm. yeah um, that uh, mishap by the FA here has also sparked um, widespread criticism across the country on um, their lack of preparation for the tournament which like I said served as the qualifiers for the 2024 Paris Olympic Games and it's seen um, football administrators, players, as well as football fans across the country um, question the sports governing body on um, preparations for the senior men's and women's team for the Pacific Games in November. Mm. The men's team, um, they fell short to clinch a medal in the 2019 edition of the Games in Samoa after losing to Fiji. And um, they're hoping to make amends for that in the coming Games. However, their preparations have not started yet. And we're about um, 80 days away from the game, like Elizabeth said. Mm. So, um, and also for the women's uh, football team, um, they will be defending their five-time um, gold medal title uh, with the hopes of winning their sixth consecutive gold medal at the Pacific Games. But unfortunately, um, not much has been said or done by PNGFA for the team um, since they returned from New Zealand in February for um, their campaign in the FIFA Women's World Cup Inter-Confederation Playoff. Um, and PNGFA has yet to announce the squad or a provisional team for the Pacific Games, um, let alone its um, preparation plans. So disappointed, yeah, disappointed would be an understatement for that. Mm. Yeah, and speaking of sports, we're talking all different sports. Uh, you had a chat with a cricket coach. Cricket, of course, one of my favourite sports. Uh, Who do you have a chat with? Yes, um, I spoke to the newly appointed, um, well, he's a consultant coach, rather, for the PNG women's cricket team, um, Titenda Taibu. Um, he's leading the team into the ICC Women's um, T20 World Cup, um, East Asia Pacific Qualifiers, that starts um, tomorrow in Vanuatu. Your first game is against the host Vanuatu. So what approach um, are you taking with the team, especially given the home side will have the crowd behind them? 
So, um, you know, I, I played cricket for many years, um, and I, I played for Zimbabwe, which is um, which was at the bottom side of the table because there used to be 10, 10, 10 test playing nations at that time. So Zimbabwe was number ten at that time. So um, what I realized work is that you, the more you focus on yourself and not on the opposition, the more chances you have of success. The, mom, the moment you start thinking about what the other team has to offer, you, you, you keep your eyes away from what you can do. So my, 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 uh, my tactic as a, as a coach is to focus on what we can do, so what we are good at, and then we have our process on how we play the game, and we don't pay attention at what the opposition is doing. Of course, there are certain things that we will pay attention to, but we don't put much attention to that. We focus on what we can do, and then we follow the process, and then the outcome will take care of itself. Wonderful to have a chat there with uh, the consultant coach there of the Papua New Guinea Lewa's team as well. Uh, and we'll chat a little bit more about that tournament happening in Vanuatu very soon. Uh, but the countdown is on. We've said that for the 2023 Pacific Games in the Solomons, happening in 80 days, it's all happening in November, uh, not even three months away. And this year also marks 60 years of the Games. And to celebrate, Pacific Beat is running a Pacific Games storytelling competition. Now, if you're listening, make sure you're listening good because they're looking for people's Pacific Games stories. Now, you don't have to have competed. Uh, you might just have a great story about how you volunteered or uh, maybe you were part of an opening ceremony dance or you met your best friend at the shot put or triple jump. But you are at the Pacific Games. We want to know. The possibilities are endless. So if you've got a story, they want to hear it. Now, the winning storytellers will be mentored by producers on Pacific Beat and their stories will be featured on ABC Radio Australia. Plus, get this, if you're a winner, you will be paid for your story. So if you've got that story, you're thinking about it, head to abc.net.au forward slash Pacific to find out more. Now, there's plenty happening in sports across the Pacific. Uh, Elizabeth, you told us a little bit during the Coconut Wireless about the beach soccer qualifiers in Tahiti, uh, but what else is happening there? Um, well, currently with um, updates, I think the preparations are also underway with the um, under-16 women's football. Uh, preparations are also underway. Solomon Islands will be competing also um, for the under OFC under-16. Um, we're pretty much uh, big on developing um, young women in football um, here in the Solomon Islands uh, now we've also got our futsal uh, Super League finals, which is coming up also uh, this weekend. And uh, yeah, pretty much we've got our eyes and ears all on our Solomon Islands National Under-23 who are currently now in New Zealand for the um, Olympic qualifiers. So that's like the main events that we've got our... Um, eyes and ears on um, in terms of competition-wise what we've got lined up this weekend and the next couple of days. And Patricia, we mentioned this earlier, we just touched on it, the Pacific Rugby League Championships. Uh, Very exciting for the Pacific, especially Papua New Guinea. Uh, What's happening in Papua New Guinea? Yeah, um, everyone here is... um 
really excited and gearing up for um, for the Pacific Championship um, for this year. It's it's going to involve um, the men's and women's um, international rugby league matches, and well, it's set to um, strengthen the code in in the region. And um, PNG will host, um, I think, about five games. Uh, yeah, in Port Moresby, yeah, for both men's and women's. Uh, yeah. So uh, with the new appointed coach, um, Justin Holbrook, um, he's expected to arrive in the country um, uh, in the next week or so to um, put together a team uh, that yeah, he'll be preparing for the PM13 as well as this championship. Now, this championship is the biggest talk um, mm. right now. Um, Papua New Guineans love their rugby, so everyone's keen to see some um, some quality footy um, played here. Um, obviously, um, uh, international um, rugby draws in the crowd um, into our national football stadium here so uh, you could imagine uh, things are picking up momentum and also um, away from uh, the men's fixtures um, it's interesting to see the inclusion of um, the women's game as well um, I think it's important coming over um, last year's Rugby League World Cup to see some women's footy um, um, it certainly um, helped keeps up the momentum going for the next um, Rugby League World Cup so yeah, It is very exciting and of course it's happening after the NRL and NRLW competitions so we should see lots of faces of uh, Pacific Islanders that are playing those uh, national competitions as well over in Papua New Guinea uh, and playing across the Pacific Rugby League Championships. Now, just eight days away, the Rugby World Cup, it's happening. It's kicking off on Friday, the 8th of September in France. Oh, all the warm-up warm games are done. So everyone's just preparing and flying over to France, getting ready for their first games. Of course, Tonga are in Pool B. Uh, they'll be playing against South Africa, Ireland, Scotland and Romania. Their first game isn't until the 16th of September. They'll be playing Ireland. Now, Israel Folau, of course, is out with an injury. Tongan fans are very devastated about that. Uh, but Via Fafita has been in good form recently. So I think he'll make a huge difference up front for Tonga. Now, Fiji, they are in Pool C. They'll be playing against Wales, Australia, Georgia and Portugal. Uh, Their first game is on the 10th of September, so they only get two days to get straight into it. They'll be playing Wales. They have had a very positive lead into the World Cup with all their warm-up games. They've had wins against Tonga, Samoa, Japan and more recently, England as well. So uh, keep an eye out on Fiji in Pool C. And, of course, the last uh, Pacific team that we've got competing in the Rugby World Cup, we've got Samoa, the Mano Samoa. They are in Pool D. They're going to be playing against England, Japan, Argentina and Chile. Now, their first game isn't until the 16th of September. So, similar to Tonga, they'll have a few days to ease into and watch some of the games, uh, but they'll be playing Chile. And it's their first tournament. So, hopefully, that is an easier start to the Rugby World Cup for Samoa. Manu Samoa's final warm-up game, they played against Ireland and they led at half-time. Unfortunately, they lost in the end 17-13. But that is all kicking off, like I said, the Rugby World Cup, Friday the 8th of September, and that is happening in France. Uh, Now, the Futsal World Cup qualifiers. What's happening here, Elizabeth? The Futsal World Cup qualifiers, um, this will be happening very soon um, in the next coming month of October. And, um, of course, um, New Zealand has 
um, is the current reigning champions um, winning this competition last year. Uh, Solomon Islands uh, Kurukuru has been uh, the champions ever since Australia left the confederation. And um, so uh, Solomon Islands Kurukuru team has held on to the title um, since 2008, I'm guessing. They've been to the World Cup three times, four times. And um, they are very determined to be beat uh, New Zealand this time around. So preparations are going very well after also managing to participate in the Melanesian Cup uh, futsal competition, actually struggling uh, past beating Vanuatu um, during that uh, Melanesian Cup uh, competition, um, but then further challenging themselves um, to play in the Asian um, category, um, facing teams like Vietnam and also participating at the um, Continental uh, futsal, uh, futsal Cup, which was in Thailand, um, all in preparations uh, for this competition in October. So um, they're up for a challenge. There's a new crop of players as compared to the ones that have been competing in the World Cup uh, stage for the past decade or so. Um, so it's interesting to see how they, they will perform this time around, especially going up against a really, really strong team like New Zealand, who are the current reigning champions of the Nations Cup. So looking forward to that. Mm, should be a good battle there. Uh, and Patricia, finishing off with the Women's T20 World Cup East Asia Pacific qualifiers. It's happening in Vanuatu. I actually took part in this competition Oh, 12 or 13 years ago, I was playing cricket for Samoa. Uh, so I am very excited to see what is happening. Tell us about it. When is it kicked off and who's playing? Well, the, the T20 um, East Asia Pacific qualifiers for the World Cup uh, actually starts tomorrow in Vanuatu. Um, PNG is um, one of the seven uh, participating teams. So... Um, the PNG team are actually en route to Vanuatu right now um, before their first match tomorrow against um, the hosts. Um, so apart from PNG and Vanuatu, um, the other countries competing, uh, Cook Islands, Samoa, Japan, Fiji and Indonesia. So um, each of them will play um, a single um, round robin and uh, the eventual winner for the tournament will advance to the global qualifier early next year to vie for one of the two remaining spots um, at next year's uh, Women's T20 World Cup. So it uh, should be interesting. I'm really excited to see um, how um, the PNG women's um, go um, in the tournament. But more importantly, uh, good to see uh, some women's cricket uh, being played in the region. We don't get to see a lot of that, so... Yeah, it should be fantastic. See how uh, the Papua New Guinean team go there. One of the strongest teams in the Pacific. Japan is also uh, in the East Asia Pacific region and they are one of the top teams as well. So keep an eye out on those two. And of course, Samoa, because that's who I played for as well. Uh, there's going to be some uh, familiar faces or some famous faces, I guess, and voices that will be there for the Women's T20 World Cup in Vanuatu, uh, the qualifiers, sorry. Uh, Melanie Jones, uh, who commentates, of course, cricket all around the world. She's a former Australian cricketer. She will be in Vanuatu alongside Catherine Fitzpatrick, uh, 
fast, fast bowler for Australia. Uh, Maya Lewis, who is a former captain of New Zealand women's cricket team, they're all going to be there. They're going to be commentating, which is great. Uh, and we'll also have some locals. So Melissa Fare, who's a former Nee Vanuatu cricketer, uh, she's going to be commentating for the first time as well. So... We wish her all the best and we look forward to hearing about that over the coming weeks. Thank you very much, Elizabeth and Patricia. Lots of sports news happening around the Pacific at the moment. All right. Well, you've been listening to my co-hosts and I for a while now. So it's time to get to know them a bit more. It's time for our next segment. Yaman Stopware. Yaman Stapwe is Tok Pisson for Pick the Lie. I'll ask each of you to tell me two true things about yourself and one lie. Uh, the rest of us will have to guess which of the three is a lie. Now, Elizabeth, let's start with you. This can be a fact or a story, but you have to give us three things. Uh, we'll start with you. What are your three things about yourself, Elizabeth? Okay, let's see the three things about me. Um, I have um, Vanuatu heritage. Mm-hmm. That's one. And mm-hmm. I grew up in Fiji. Yeah. Okay. And I've been um, to the World Cup in Australia, the recent FIFA Women's World Cup, and I met Sam Kerr in person. <gasps> oh, you did. Did and what th- these are these are great. Okay, I'm very excited to hear uh, what the truths are. So the first one, you have Vanuatu heritage. The next one is you grew up in Fiji, and then the last one at the Women's World Cup recently, you met Sam Kerr. These are great. Um, Patricia, which is the lie of those three? Vanuatu heritage, grew up in Fiji. She met Sam Kerr. Grew up in Fiji. So you think she grew up in Fiji is wrong? I think. I think you might be right. I'm going to go with grew up in Fiji as well because I, I reckon you have met Sam Kerr. I don't know about Vanuatu. So grew up in Fiji. Elizabeth, what is the lie? I met Sam Kerr. I didn't meet her. Oh, no! <laughs> I really wanted that one to be true, Elizabeth. Oh, oh you sucked um... us in. So you have Vanuatu heritage. Yes, I do. Oh, there you go. And you grew up in Fiji. I grew up in Fiji. Oh, and you lied about Sam Kurt. That's okay. I'm, I'll get over it eventually. <laughs> Thank you for those. They were great. Uh, Patricia, it is your turn. Three things about you can be a fact or a story. Here we go. I'm still trying to get over the fact that Elizabeth lied about you think Sam Kurt. <laughs> I swear I was going to have a panic attack. (laughs) I'm devastated. Hmm. All right, so three things about me. Okay, one, I just turned 24 recently. Mm -hmm. Um, The second one, I really hate rugby league. (laughs) And the third is, I'm partially blind. Okay, all right. All right, so these are the three. So we've got, you've recently turned 24. You hate rugby league. God, you wouldn't want this to get out if it's true. Uh, and you're partially blind. All right. Uh, Elizabeth, yes. which one do you think is the lie? She recently turned 24. She hates rugby league or she's partially blind? Um, I think the lie, oh, my gosh. I think <laughs> really hates rugby league. Really hates rugby league. Oh, you know what? For your 
safety. I don't want that to be true because we're saying this live on radio. Um, I am going to say the lie is that you are partially blind. Okay, so uh, Patricia, what is the lie? You turned 24 recently, you hate rugby league or you're partially blind? The lie is I hate rugby league. Who am I <gasps> today? I love rugby league. <laughs> oh, God. Give me a heart attack. Of course you don't hate rugby league. Moving on. All right, it's my turn. Here are my three things. So my first one, I am a stand-up comedian. The second one, I visited America recently and met The Rock in Hollywood. And my third one is I have lived in both Samoa and Fiji. All right, Elizabeth, what is the lie? I'm a stand-up comic. I visited America and met The Rock, or I lived in both Samoa and Fiji? You, um, I'm going to strike out the lie as you've lived in Samoa and Fiji, because I think you have. It's mm-hmm. a stand-up comedian and you met The Rock. I think the lie would be a stand-up comedian. The stand-up comedian. Okay. Uh, and what about you, Patricia? Which do you think is the lie? Stand-up comedy, I met The Rock, or I lived in both Samoa and Fiji? Mm. I'm going to strike out the third one. Um, I think um, you lived in Samoa and Fiji, so it's mm. between you met The Rock or you're a stand-up comedian. Now, let's see. Huh, I think I'm going to go with the second one. I think the lie is you went to America and met the rock recently. That's the lie. That's the lie. That is the lie. Well done, Patricia. And uh, Elizabeth, I am a stand-up comedian. Thank you very much. I thought you'd be able to tell. I'm hilarious. Uh, but thank you both uh, for playing Guillaume and Stupway. That was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Uh, look, that brings us to the end of the show. A big thank you to my co-hosts, Elizabeth Osifalo from Tavuli News in the Solomon Islands. Elizabeth, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And reporter for the National Newspaper in Papua New Guinea, Patricia Kimo. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you so much, Bobby. I had a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to the next episode. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to Fresh Off the Field, the sporting pulse of the Pacific on ABC Radio Australia. I'll be back next week with two new co-hosts from across the Pacific talking all things sport in our region. This episode was produced on the lands of the Ghana people. This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.